Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I love Not typing. Not messing my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this show. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, I want to make that clear because uh, we had some people uh, recently who said, I just now discovered that you are are doing a live streams." So uh, I want to make sure that people know YouTube and Facebook. YouTube and you, Facebook. YouTube.com slash DCTV podcast and uh, Facebook.com slash Supergirl Radio. So we are live and wired on YouTube on, and Facebook. I should maybe just add that in for, for now and forever uh, so, that, <laughs> so that people know. And we are going to be doing our last episode of 2021. Also need to make that very clear. This is not the last episode of Supergirl Radio. Just 2021. Again, this would be a weird series finale for our show. <laughs> So keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. So we will be back in 2022. Uh, but for uh, 2021, this is the last episode. But we are going to be discussing and reviewing Holly and Ivy, a Christmas movie starring a Supergirl's Jeremy Jordan. And uh, we uh, we kind of narrowed our Christmas movie selections down to four. And then we had Twitter vote on it. There was a real Real upset with buttons, which is the, <laughs> the movie I assumed I was going to be watching. <laughs> yeah, we we thought buttons was going to be the winner, but uh, Holly and Ivy came from a the behind uh, to win it all, kind of at the last minute. So, congrats to the Jeremy Jordan fans for really pulling it together. They rallied. <laughs> so, uh, on their behalf, we are going to be talking about Holly and Ivy for our uh, final episode of a 2021. Uh, but before we get to uh, having that discussion, we need to get to the news. It is time to announce our flat Supergirl photography contest winner. So if you've been following along, we asked you to print out a photo of flat Supergirl and just Cut around her and put her on a popsicle stick and then take her with you on your travels as you journey through this big, scary world of ours. <laughs> and we we suggested a wide variety of things that you could do with Flat Supergirl, places you could go, uh, secrets you could share with Flat Supergirl. She's not going to tell anybody. She she's made a paper. Yeah, she's, she's fine. <laughs> but... We've all had some great times with Flat Supergirl, but I think it is, it's finally time. The series has ended, uh, and it's time for us to announce our winner. Now, we got a lot of great, great entries. Flat Supergirl did a lot of things the last she, couple months. Yeah, talk about variety. She did a lot of things. More things than I've probably done the last couple of months. <laughs> she saw some things. She took in some sights. She hung out with some friends. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> so we are very proud to uh, congratulate the winner of the Flat Supergirl contest. Uh, congratulations to Real Life Zookeeper at Theater Penguin Seven on Instagram. Yeah, we we will be contacting you to get your information so we can arrange your prize. Yes, thank you for your submission uh, with Flat Supergirl uh, meeting a penguin. Uh, we thought that was pretty unique and fun and uh, really kind of put Flat Supergirl in a, a dangerous situation. But it <laughs> seems like she she got out of it okay. So, uh, flat, flat Supergirl met her biggest challenge yet. <laughs> <laughs> so we enjoyed that. And um, we will be uh, contacting you. And we'll, uh, we'll basically what we're going to do is we're going to have you pick something out of the Tea Public store. And we will get that sent to you. So the prize really... Is up to you. So just uh, <laughs> be Ooh. looking at the uh, T Public Store, and um, we'll we'll get you to give us your selection, and we'll have that sent out to you. All right. And the uh, second bit of news that we have is uh, something that uh, would be exciting for Supergirl fans. Uh, it's the uh, DVD and Blu-ray announcement. So after six supercharged seasons, Warner Brothers Home Entertainment and DC mark the end of an epic era with the final installment of the Action Pack series with the release of Supergirl the sixth and final season on Blu-ray and DVD on March 8th. 2022 fans can purchase the sets in which uh, in uh, sets, which in addition to all 20 super powered episodes from season six also contains an all new featurette and deleted scene, uh, deleted scenes, not just one deleted scene. They're uh, apparently multiple uh, Supergirl the six <laughs> and final season is priced to own at twenty four ninety eight for the DVD and twenty nine ninety eight for the Blu-ray. Of course, prices will vary depending on where you live and what country you're in, which uh, and will also include a digital copy, uh, just U.S. only, though. Supergirl, the sixth and final season, is also available to own on digital via purchase from digital retailers. And something that I was surprised by, but I really shouldn't have because this is uh, something that uh, they would probably do uh, for all TV shows. Uh, they're off also offering a Supergirl The Complete series, which will also be available, uh -huh. containing all 126 exhilarating episodes from the phenomenal series. Wow, the person who wrote this, man, they're selling it. They were like, you know what I love? Adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> as well as countless hours of bonus features from all six epic not-to-be-missed seasons. I mean, you can maybe miss season five a little bit, but <laughs> but, but this says not-to-be-missed seasons. Supergirl the Complete Series is priced to own on DVD for $119.99 and on Blu-ray for $134.99. Of course, as, as the, uh, the Blu-ray for season six, uh, prices will vary depending on your country and where you live, uh, representing a substantial savings over purchasing all six seasons individually. So if you want to get the entire series on Blu-ray, the complete series seems to be the way to go. I actually yes. really like the cover of the complete series Blu-ray. Where has too. that been? I do too. And you know, one of the things I like about it, it's Supergirl on that cover. It's just her. It's just Supergirl. <laughs> It's almost like it's her show. <laughs> almost. But I mean, maybe this is just me critiquing design choices. But when you look at the season six cover and then you look at the season, the complete series. There's some big changes there that I think uh, were made for the better for the complete series. Uh, so 
I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting the design choices that went in behind these uh, posters and these covers for these I, sets. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder why they decided on the bangs as as her legacy. <laughs> yeah, because she uh. She was mostly she was mostly non-banged. I feel like this is giving you a, a false impression of what the series that you're going to get. You're going to get on episode one. You're going to be like, where are the bangs? You're going to get like deep into the series and you're going to be like, where do these bangs pop up? And they don't pop up until season five. And it's not for very long. <laughs> yeah, it goes away towards the beginning of season six because the Phantom Zone uh, took the bangs away. Uh, I My only guess is that that's that's the photo shoot that they had. <laughs> I'm guessing that as well. Uh, that was the last time they did like a big uh, promotional shoot was in season five with the bangs because that that was the season that she got the pants, so that would have been a big deal that they would have taken uh, pictures for. Uh, but yeah, so that's exciting uh, for people who collect and still like to have physical media. That's a that's a good choice. I I, I still like to have a Blu-ray. It's always better video quality. I, I do too. Other people, other people I know, maybe are against it. <laughs> I'm not naming any names. Maybe they're like, "Why do you have so many DVDs?" And I'm like, "You never know when I want to watch Angel season two, Michael." <laughs> I don't know who I could be talking about though. <laughs> no names named. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, in my personal opinion, Blu-rays are going to have better video quality than trying to buffer on your streaming. Agreed. So, yeah, it's always going to be encoded a little bit better. All right, so I think Morgan, we should, uh, you know, get to get to why everybody's joined us, why why they've all worn their ugly Christmas sweaters. I'm assuming. <laughs> let's to watch. Yeah, this. I feel like let's let's get let's start out from a place that is seasonal. Uh, Take me through your sweater, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I, I found some super uh, Superman uh, Christmas sweaters. And this one says, um, I guess I could uh, make it bigger because it might be easier to see. Uh, it says, bad guys get coal. And oh. I liked, and then it also, you can't see, but on the back, it has like a big S shield. Uh, but yeah, it's Superman on the front. So I thought that was pretty festive. I enjoyed that. Very festive. I love it. Yeah. So. Uh, I have got my uh, my dinosaur holiday sweater on <laughs> Which, here, right right out of the book of Luke. <laughs> it, it, exactly, uh, they they are like, hey, I heard a child is born this way. Um, they're going to uh, decorate the tree. Um, this one hasn't completed his Christmas shopping yet, so he's got to get to the mall. This one's always, always so late on Christmas shopping. <laughs> and then I've got my my little holly headband here. Um, uh, the fine craftsmanship of whatever uh, store in the mall sells these things for like two dollars. <laughs> and then, and then just to be more seasonal, oh, I I'm remember drinking, the penguin. The- I'm drinking tea <laughs> out of my handy penguin in a scarf mug. See, You're, it's kind the, of like penguinception. It's kind of like teaception in a way because he's, <laughs> if you see, he's drinking tea. And then I'm also drinking the tea. <laughs> um, this cat, it would only be better if the cat that was steeping the tea was, was also, also drinking, drinking tea. tea. <laughs> then it would be almost too much. So many layers deep. We're never getting out. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, we're we wearing uh, our ugly Christmas sweaters and hope uh, you, uh, if you are watching this with us live, that you wore your ugly Christmas sweaters as well. Uh, so speaking of uh uh, ugly Christmas sweaters, I guess. Uh, that, that I guess that could take us. That's a really bad segue into beautiful segue. <laughs> not, not really. Let's let's just be honest. <laughs> to our uh, into our main discussion 
which is about Holly and Ivy, the uh, Christmas movie from Hallmark starring Jeremy Jordan. And uh, I wanted to start our discussion about it uh, with the poster, looking at the poster. Oh, okay. Because uh, when, you, when you look at this poster for Holly and Ivy more, what, what do you think? What do you think is happening in that poster? Well, I think it's great that Jeremy Jordan has ha- found love with that lady at the bottom. <laughs> uh, first of all, and uh, but I think it's weird that that lady at the top is just kind of uh, like lording it over. Um, who is she? Is she an angel? Is she, is she God? We don't know yet. We haven't found out. Is she the very spirit of Christmas? Maybe. <laughs> Is she Holly or Ivy? Who knows? Um, but I'm glad that those two at the bottom have found each other. They they do look like a happy family, which they, they sure do, which is so misleading. And that's why I wanted to bring it up with the post. I was like, I was like, who who talk about poster design? Like who decided that choice? I, I have questions. That's maybe not the way I would go about it. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a. It also, there's like a Christmas tree in the corner, but it's completely cut off. So we don't get the top of the tree. We just get like uh, Mona from Pretty Little Liars, like just really psyched to be there. (laughs) (laughs) And so I have many questions. I mean, I don't know what my design choice would be, but maybe keep it simple. There's, There's actually no, there's no Holly and or Ivy in the poster, which would maybe have been my choice. Yeah, I I probably would have put either of those two elements in the poster, I think. That's where I would have started from. I would have started from a basis of Holly and or Ivy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just thought it was so misleading because I kept looking at that poster and I was like, wait, that really looks like Jeremy Jordan is with that other lady. (laughs) And that's not what happens at all in this movie. (laughs) So I actually have a fun discussion point. That would also start us into this movie. So um, I want to know on the Jeremy Jordan scale of sad win, bad win, or like dad win. Dad win, yeah. Where do we think he falls on this scale in this movie? Oh. I mean, probably dad win. I would think, yeah. That was my thought, too. I think he starts out a little sad win. He's a little sad win, yeah. But by the end, spoiler alert, he's morphed into dad win. <laughs> and I think that's kind of his final form in this movie. And I'm glad for him. I was a little worried that he was going to become bad win. Because <laughs> when he takes that other lady to the coffee shop. I know. To get the hot chocolate. I was like, Not oh, the best hot chocolate. No. I, what are I you also doing? Love, I love that she got to overhear him like just reusing lines. Like she thought that that was something special that he did when he was flirting, but it turns out he just does that whenever he's turning on the charm. He's like, "Have you heard of this hot chocolate?" <laughs> <laughs> he's really just that place's like personal salesman. And he's that- like, "I'm sorry, they actually pay me a commission." <laughs> <laughs> so that's why you should get the large. <laughs> yeah, you're always gonna want to spring for the large. <laughs> and then he like winks. He winks at everybody. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I just wanted to get your opinion on that poster because uh, I, I thought that was a strange choice, but it is what it is. And uh, CM Gutierrez seventy four says that's why it's a hallmark mystery. So Indeed. I guess that's a that's, that's a good point. All right, so we've talked a little bit about uh, some of the story elements here in Holly and Ivy. So, Morgan, what did you think about the actual story that we were presented? What What are your thoughts on it? 
Yeah, I actually enjoy. I'll I'll go ahead and say I enjoyed Holly and Ivy. I, I did thought too. I thought I was going in for kind of a different movie. Um, it, it I wasn't really sure what it was going to be about, but I was like, oh, it's going to be one of these fun, cheesy Hallmark movies, and absolutely, it was all of those things. <laughs> but there, it was a lot sadder um, than I thought it was, and and also kind of less of a romance than I thought it was. Oh, like, yeah. No, they they don't even kiss in the movie, right? They finally kiss at the end, and I was like, oh, cool. But, like, he's just about to, like, propose to her, and we yeah. have not seen a kiss yet. No. And so, um, so yeah, so I was, I thought I was going in for, you know, kind of the cheesy Hallmark rom-com, and it was more like, you know, like a, like a girl moves to a small town and befriends the neighbor and then ends up having to adopt the neighbor's children. And also, there's a lot of content about libraries. The oh, my God. Libraries in this country is not, <laughs> according to Holly and Ivy, it's not going well. Let me tell you me. Uh, and it's a lot about like about like having big dreams, but mm. then also being able to afford to care for children so it's a lot of like like reach for the stars but be practical your adopted children need to eat um which is usually i'm not saying that's a bad message i think that's a pretty no, practical it's a, it's message a good message yeah anything, a good message not a message i expect from a hallmark christmas movie though i'm gonna be honest to be I practical gonna, yeah i thought she was gonna be like you know what i don't care that this house is falling down around me and i don't care that i have these soon to be orphan children to take care of my dream is the library and I'll continue working for free. I'll work for free every day, Patricia. I'll show up and I'll haunt your dreams, Patricia. I thought that she was going to be like, oh good, the library won't hire me. I'll build my own library. Give me a two by four, Jeremy Jordan. Let's go. But she kind of does build her own she, library. She kind of does, but at least she has like presumably a job that pays her. And since we're talking about the library, is is the book elf that and I think that's what she names it at the end. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. is is her bookmobile the book elf is it in competition with Patricia in the library or is it, it part of Patricia's library? I think when yeah, I think when that's a good question. Is it part of the library system? Is it getting like federal grant money or and this is a not a question I thought I'd ever have about a Hallmark movie. It's like, let's get into the weeds on like their grant funding situation. This is what we bring to, to Supergirl Radio. It's like, what's the most boring, dry aspect of this story? Morgan wants to know more about it because I believe me, if you don't think I'm going on a, a real estate tirade in like a couple of minutes. You don't know me at all. Um, but yeah, so the, I think the good question is like, is the book, the book elf, is the mobile library, is it part of the system, the, the library system of that area? Or is it like an independent non-for-profit operator? How are they getting their funding? Where are the books coming from? Are Where they are just the Melody's books? books? Or are, are they, they getting lending the books? them out? Yeah. Are they giving the books? If they're giving the books, where is she getting the money to constantly buy these books? <laughs> I don't know. Questions. I don't, I don't know. Questions. I, I I want to believe that she's just an extension of what Patricia's doing at the library. Okay. Because so Patricia was really nice to her. And I would hate it if Melody like went behind her <laughs> back. I mean, Patricia was medium nice to somebody <laughs> who was offering free labor and listen rebecca can attest to this i was immediately on patricia's side i was like <laughs> texting rebecca last night like why is she bothering poor patricia and rebecca's like 
is this a text message for the wrong person? <laughs> and I was I like, no, no idea what you were talking about. I was like, right, Rebecca, I want to talk about the library. <laughs> Why don't you know what I'm talking about? Uh, because immediately she comes in pretty hot on Patricia. And I'm, I'm on Patricia's side at that point. She's can like, you, here's. Can you? I, I, I hate to interrupt you, but uh, but the, she does come in hot because she she basically gets told there we don't have any money, we have no job options, and she's like, yeah. but but what if what if you did? Like she kind of <laughs> bullies her way into getting a job at the library. It's my favorite thing because okay, <laughs> getting a job at the library is a misnomer because she is literally never paid by that library, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> not once. But Patricia is pretty upfront. She's like, listen. I love your energy. It scares me. And I honestly want you to take a couple steps away from me, Patricia. But I would hire you if I could. But this library has no funding. Like, literally, they are paying me, Patricia, in Skittles. And I can only eat so many. I can only taste so much rainbow. Okay? So, like, I don't have a job for you. And then, like, a like a kindly lady, like, walks in the background. She's like, ah, give her a job. It's the holiday. <laughs> And Patricia's like, literally, not how federal funding works. (laughs) And uh, meanwhile, uh, Melody, who is our main character, is like, okay, I've got a proposal. What if I volunteer here for free? Patricia's like, okay, I can deal with that. And I put together a program for free. And Patricia's like, okay, live and all that. And if this program goes great, Patricia's like, I don't like where this is going. And she's like, if the program goes great, you'll hire me. And Patricia's like, at no point can I do that? Or did I agree to do that? And Melody's like, great, we're on the same page. See you later, Patricia. <laughs> that's, a, that's literally what happened. Like, we're not, we're not just exaggerating. That's what happened. No, that's, that's, I, I just like line for line, just read you a scene from this movie. Um, but then, oh, so I start out on Patricia's side. I, I kind of had a Patricia sliding scale <laughs> because I start out 100% on Patricia's side. This woman's a maniac. Uh, <laughs> but about halfway through the movie, she's continuing to just work for free. She's At no point is she paid by this she's library. She's a great volunteer. She's a great volunteer. Sometimes she talks about her job at the library, but then she always clarifies, not that they're paying me. It's like, oh, that's not a job. Uh, but I digress. So... <laughs> At like a midpoint in the movie, she shows up to the library and Patricia's like, listen, Melody, come here. Come here. Look at me. I'm never paying you. Melody's like, that's cool. I don't need money to survive somehow. And you're like, all right. Uh, and then and then Patricia's like, no, no, no. I don't even want you to be here for free anymore. We can't <laughs> afford to have you here for free. We can't afford your energy. <laughs> we can't afford you like bringing your own arts and crafts supplies that you bought yourself we don't want them in there we don't want the joy of the children's faces we don't want any of this we We don't we don't we don't want you to create programs to make to get people to come to the library and melody's like i'm sorry but patricia they're free programs i'm doing it just for free patricia's like we can't have it i'm sorry i'm sorry the state said we can't have it and melody's like i i know that that's not true (laughs) <laughs> so at a midpoint in the movie, it becomes like a personal beef of Patricia's. <laughs> That's not how the movie presents it, but it's how I interpret it. It was kind of like that, though. And my favorite part, my favorite part is like towards the end where Patricia's like, listen, we we can't hire you. And now we can't even have you in the library. Like, honestly, you must not darken our door anymore. <laughs> and, and Melody's like. Uh, well, that I mean, I had this whole idea of this plan, this whole program set up. Patricia turns around. She looks behind her. She looks back. She's like, sorry, the big guy over there 
He says no. And like this guy over there is probably just eating a sandwich. Like that guy over there probably doesn't even work at the library. <laughs> Patricia just informed us that she's like the only one that works there and they're not even paying her. Yeah. And she's like, sorry, he's he said, not me, not me, Patricia. Yeah, it's I love not me you. turning you down. I love you. I just need you out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind of mind-boggling that Patricia would reject a volunteer no no non yeah no uh non-profit would be like oh you want to volunteer we don't want you (laughs) oh you want to develop a a program for free and then bring your own supplies that we don't have to pay for and like give time from your own schedule no get out of here (laughs) the state says it's not allowed (laughs) it's like that's patricia patricia is the one who says it's not allowed she she comes around though a little bit at the end I don't she does know help if she's her accepted the book the book elf though. <laughs> she does that's what I want. I want a spin-off and it's just about <laughs> like the slow simmering beef between Patricia and Melody and like that they've got like a kind of a shark's jet situation <laughs> but with the, the two different libraries that like slowly starts to escalate um because she does help her build the house. So I was like, "Oh, I guess Patricia's coming around but like maybe she's just like hey you should spend more time here it's it's lovely now it's lovely and warm you can read unlike the library in your house you don't have to come to what, the library what if you just read here and you just never spoke to me in the library <laughs> i want patricia's like villain origin story and i think it starts with melody like just shoving that resume in her face <laughs> I've got ideas. And she's like, sure you do. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so speaking of the library situation, do you think Melody maybe as a character talked about libraries and being a librarian and books too much? Is there a too much uh, <laughs> to mention libraries and books and liking books and wanting to be a librarian and liking libraries? Because Melody, because to Melody, there is no limit. Uh, it's... <laughs> It is her whole life in a way where that's the really the only thing that we know about Melody. We know that she had a sad childhood. Uh, she likes Wynn's furniture. She collects elves. She collects elves. It's an elf collection. And she loves libraries. She loves books. You gotta you're you just mentioned a book. She's got a book. <laughs> so I mean, I kind of wish she had like one other interest. Uh, I mean, I like books, but, you know, yeah, it just, other interests. It just seemed to be a little much. I know it's a Hallmark movie, so I don't expect, like, <laughs> quality, right? Like, you know, I expect it to be a little bit cheesy in that regard. But I was like, gosh, she talks about books all the time. I mean, I guess, I guess people who really, I mean, maybe I can't identify with that because I have such a hard time reading books because I never finished the ones that I start. <laughs> so maybe I just, I conflict with the, the, all the talk about books. I it totally, reminds I totally me I got her. Books. I was yeah. like, I also love books, Melody, but you just really need to take it like one step back on the books and just one other hobby. Uh, but her other hobby, I'm I'm lying because she does have another hobby and it's redoing her house. Um, so obviously I have a lot of questions about this. <laughs> what is her employment history? Because it sounds like she just got out of college, but that cannot be true where is she getting the money she's like a like a foster kid her she her tragic backstory is that she grew up in foster care and like had to work her way through everything including college but then somehow 
she has money to buy this decrepit old house, which, okay, I guess it's pretty cheap. Yeah, maybe they sold it cheap. But one has to assume she did it with the idea of fixing it up, which is not cheap. Not cheap. Not at all. And so that kind of made me wonder, like, what's, what, what, and what? Well, like, she moves to a town without a, she she had no job when she got there. So that's that's kind of yes and no because she explains that she did actually have a job and like they fell through something. It. Yeah. And like, does that happen often? <laughs> like a place makes you a job offer, you accept, you buy a rickety old shack in the corner with like a Victorian mansion that's falling apart, and then they just go, oopsie daisies, guess we don't have the budget either. Those darn state cuts. And it's like how many things are you blaming on this state? <laughs> Do you think it was Patricia? It was Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think she made it fall through? Maybe she heard about this new librarian who's coming to town. She's like, no, I'm the only librarian in town. <laughs> I bet like Patricia like goes to the other libraries and like just messes up their Dewey Decibel systems. <laughs> they're like, how does this keep happening? And she's like, Patricia. And she like... <laughs> <laughs> she just disappears in like a like a puff of smoke. Uh, yeah, it's just it's, the whole house, the whole setup financially didn't make a lot of sense to me. Like that house that she bought, like she's like, oh yeah, that old fixer upper. That thing was huge. It was that thing big. was a massive, massive house, and it was like clearly falling apart. But how do you look at that house and think, oh, that'll be that'll be a quick, easy one to restore? She was just going to replace a, a doorknob every like, now and then. Yeah. When she starts in the movie, her first thing is, I'm going to replace a doorknob. So this is where the movies began to lose me on the real estate aspect. <laughs> as somebody who is looking at the real estate market and being like, I guess I'll just live in this condo forever. Um, <laughs> she, she goes at like, she buys the house. She goes to the hardware store where she has her meet cute with Jeremy Jordan. At that point, sad win. But yes. Um, and she's like, well, that's the doorknob that I want, but this is the doorknob that I can afford. And I was like, girl, if you're talking about what kind of doorknobs you can afford, you can't afford much. You're not, you're not fixing that house. You're going to live in that thing with like a wall open. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to freeze in the winter, like a little matchstick girl. Like what is happening? But they did in the end. I don't know if we want to fast forward to the end, but they did. They did fix it up to look pretty nice. They got it together. I guess that's what what you get when you get like free, uh, you I know, mean, I cheap guess, labor from people I guess who you've only known for like a couple of weeks, maybe. I guess the labor is probably a, one of the mo- more expensive aspects of like flipping a house, and she was planning on doing it herself. But even still, I feel like like uh, are all the electrical she does mention getting an electrician thank god yes uh she's like win get in there and he's like Whoa. and uh the house explodes and that's <laughs> the end but uh <laughs> but yeah yeah i was just like oh okay because she didn't have the the m- money for i hate to believe her at this point but she didn't have the money to barely buy a doorknob in the beginning of the movie. And then suddenly she has to flip the whole house all at once. Cause my assumption was she was going to live in this kind of rundown house and just like updated a little bit at a time. Well, that's she what had you the would money. normally do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you would normally probably like have a job lined up and stop uh, annoying Patricia at the library. <laughs> it does <laughs> like, get fast tracked though. 
Yeah. But at the end, it's like, so I was like, well, that's a huge expenditure all at once. Like, unless everybody chipped in together to like buy her lumber or whatever, which is like at a premium right now. I don't know how she's paying for that. Well, I do wonder because uh, we know, uh, we know that uh, I want to call him Wynn, but it's not. His name is Adam in the movie. Uh, Jeremy Jordan's character, Adam, his parents own a car dealership. So they seem to pretty, pretty, and they like to, they like to give back to the community. They do give her, so maybe they pay for the supplies. Yeah, I can buy that. I can buy that. They pay for this material. Everybody helps out and, uh, and helps her get the house back in order. I mean, it doesn't always answer all my questions. Like, how were the bathrooms? Were they functional? Those things are expensive. To it's okay. It's not HGTV. I'm not watching HGTV. These aren't the Property Brothers. It's livable and apparently passed an inspection. And yeah, that's really it's up, what it's she up the code. So I think it's, it's fine. What you need it. So I fine. loved her stove too. I was like, I don't know if that's supposed to be like actually how old that stove was, or if that was like a replica, because it was like, if you bought that, like a vintagey looking stove, that thing would be very expensive. But if that wasn't a vintagey looking stove, but was indeed a stove from the 1900s, how did that pass inspection? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Uh, A long time ago, they built things to last. So that's true. No, maybe, maybe it's still good. Holly, Ivy, get in here and and bring some coal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Put them to work. Um, Yeah, no, I, I, for the most part, I guess since we're kind of talking about Melody, I, I, I liked her character for the most part. She did talk a lot about libraries. (laughs) Drove me nuts, but that is a big aspect of her character. But I thought it was kind of nice that her name was Melody and, uh, she was going to become the future guardian slash, I guess, future mom of these two little girls, Holly and Ivy, because Holly and Ivy is a Christmas carol. So it made sense that her name would be Melody. Uh, <laughs> so I, I guess <laughs> I guess making that connection uh, ties the three of them together. I don't know where the Adam character comes in. Um, I don't know uh, how that yeah, connects. If, if I'm, to, if I'm to being them. A, a, honest, just on a bigger, like where does the Adam character come in to the metaphor? But I think even the movie, Adam felt a little bit, and this is maybe a controversial statement, a little bit like a random add on to this movie. It was like they were making this movie and then Hallmark was like, but where's the romance? Mm. And they're like, crap. We forgot that. It was a lot about libraries (laughs) and a lot about adoption and not so much about romance. And they were like, okay. Well, they did need somebody to fix up the house, though. Exactly. And that is is where he he really shined, I think. (laughs) But I mean, Adam was a was a pretty good character because they did have this um, connecting point. I was surprised. It is a cheesy. Holly and Ivy is kind of a cheesy little Hallmark, Hallmark Christmas movie. But they did attempt to have themes. They run, did running yeah. through the movie. So, uh, so sometimes when I watch these Hallmark movies, I'm like, oh, this is very superficial and straightforward. But this one, this one tried to do something. Um, uh, he, uh, Adam, kind of. Um, well, it's repeated throughout the movie, the idea of help where help is needed. That's something that comes from Adam and his family. And it kind of goes through some other characters. And uh, let's see, there was also the idea of sometimes dreams just take a little time. I liked Adam's character because he fed into some to some of those themes where he, he was kind of paralleling what Melody was going through in life, where they had these big dreams that they wanted to accomplish, but maybe they needed to do the practical thing in order to achieve those dreams. And uh, that they were able to help each other 
where they could. Like, I liked the idea that he was going to, you know, help the kids build the little sled ornaments and things like that. Like, I liked that. It was, it was, it was cheesy, but I liked it. Um, (laughs) I thought he, he was a good character and I think he did fit in um, well for the story in terms of the fact that Melody's backstory was about how she had been um, brought into this foster family and she had a really good experience for five years and then her foster family couldn't keep her anymore and so she kind of just I guess was in the system and she didn't have a you know she didn't have a mom and a dad and so it was it was nice that at the end of it um, those girls Holly and Ivy didn't have to go through that same situation and so I think I think that uh, fit together pretty nicely for me. It did seem that whole storyline did seem kind of like a ripoff of stepmom with Julia Roberts and Susan Sarandon, but (laughs) they made it their own. They made that trope their own. So I guess there's that, but, but I liked Adam as a character. Um, I, I did think some of the, uh, the idea of the creation of the, the quick family. uh, I had a little bit of a, you know, uh, a, a troubling time with, I guess, because there is a situation, there's a scene in the movie where uh, Nina, the the woman, the, the mother of Holly and Ivy, she uh, finds out that she has a recurrence of lymphoma. And so she's telling Melody about this situation. And uh, Melody just kind of jumps on the idea that she's going to become the, the new mom to these kids. And it didn't seem like Melody really put a whole lot of emphasis on we're, we're going to, we're going to get you better and we're, we're going to make sure you're okay. She just kind of went immediately to, I guess I'm a mom now. And it went really <laughs> fast for me. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that with Adam, he, he understood what that was going to require of him. Um, but Melody <laughs> just kind of went, you know, really fast. So that was one of the aspects of the, the whole idea of that, that, uh, think that building was- that family was, was tough for me. I was surprised at like how kind of well that they did that aspect because it is a little bit much, but they had, they gave her this tragic backstory where you could totally understand how she would not want to see anybody go through what she went through with the foster care system in particular. And, uh, and I, I do think that they had like enough characters go, Whoa, that's a big, you know, you're taking on a big responsibility. And she was just like, well, yep, I'd have to. But I also thought that that one scene where they're like decorating the Christmas tree and she mentions her lymphoma and, uh, and how she's worried about what's going to happen to the girls after she tells, after Melody tells her about, her you know her history in foster care when when she melody just kind of blurts out like well i'll take them and then they're both like oh my god that's so weird this is the weirdest conversation we've ever had (laughs) no 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 i'm fine no you're fine no i'm fine no you're fine like i want it to like just like um disappear into my couch and it was like (laughs) i feel like not to say it's anything about this movie is realistic but the like the awkwardness of that moment i suppose that's true i think was kind of realistic i i agree with you that there's like almost no talk about you know her taking her to doctor's appointments or or helping her with the fight it suddenly becomes like well gotta get my house ready to adopt your kids and it's like yeah we're giving up on her a little fast aren't we yeah and it is kind of i don't know uh you know the idea that i was trying to get over at the end of it i was like so they're gonna these these girls are going to move into the house across the street from where they lived with their mother who is now dead. That seemed, um, that seemed a little, 
I don't it know. Like I don't like know. A- Maybe those kids are, are going to be totally fine with that, but I, I can imagine <laughs> that being weird for them. I think there was like a, a really strangely dark undercurrent. I'm like, not even undercurrent. This movie was dark. Uh, like, even if you think like best case scenario, like they like her, they like Melody, they like Adam. They they seem to be open to the idea of having this this new family. Their moms still die. Like it's it's still a tough thing for those kids to go through. So yeah, yeah. I thought it was also a little bit like I think it maybe it, it didn't help the movie that they time jumped like a year oh, later. Yeah, yeah. And and the mom has passed away in that year and now she's adopting the kids and they're like Merry Christmas and you're like really that's this is the first Christmas without your mom you think that those kids are going to be just like let's do that dance again yeah mm. and so I one of the things <laughs> I was was thinking about for myself was debating on whether or not I thought it was the right choice not to show the mom die I know I, I was also I was also back and forth with that I almost feel like the movie could have ended before without showing whether or not the mom died and then just like that the house was ready and like that she was ready that she was ready and willing to adopt the girls and then just have her have a happy ending with adam and then we just don't know what's gonna happen because in like the five minutes they give you at the end of the movie, there's not enough time or real estate in this Hallmark original film <laughs> to deal with the complex emotions of like the death of a parent and like the yeah. first Christmas without them. All they have time for is like people to be happy and do a little dance and like Jeremy Jordan's going to propose. Oh, he's going to be dad win for real this time. And like, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Like those kids are, I feel like those kids are like, a couple of a couple of months away from being like you're not my real dad or my real mom and like door <laughs> slamming you know yeah and uh we don't see any of that no, no that would not just, be appropriate for a hallmark <laughs> they're just super happy with their new family uh, <laughs> and they're just super psyched yes mom died and that was depressing but cheers to the memory of mom i was like i don't mm, Mm. <laughs> yeah maybe maybe just leave off before all of that if you want to continue in the hallmark heartwarming tradition without us going ooh, <laughs> like right at the end yeah i i sort of debated it because i i thought well i i get why they didn't because it is a hallmark christmas movie and those are those are supposed to be you know feel good christmasy uh, good cheer kind of movies so it, putting a, a, the death of the mother in there at least, or at least <laughs> have like a scene where I mean, we didn't even have a scene where she says goodbye to Holly and Ivy. There's nothing, nothing like that. And I guess that would definitely have brought it down. Uh, there would, yeah. <laughs> would have been a real downer in the movie. But then but I, I mean, but then I also have this movie be about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I kind of I kind of thought it would it would have given some uh, some drama to the to the idea of what they were going through, and it would have made things more. Um, more impactful for me to to see that you know Melly really realized what she was doing. It wasn't just like a oh you know I'm I'm with this guy and I'm going to have these two kids now and everything on my vision board is coming true. Like you know it's it's her happy like it it just seemed like it was more of like Melody's happy ending than like the death of this poor woman Nina who suffered from lymphoma multiple times like I yeah. kinda, I guess maybe as a cancer survivor I was kind of attached to Nina and what she was going through because I think her name was Nina is that right yeah I think it was Nina yeah and uh, I was I was kind of just I don't know I was a little bit on her side because I was like 
nobody seems to care about <laughs> Nina very much. And it's, it just, it seemed like it was all about Melody's happy ending instead of like Nina's end of life situation. And maybe that's just, just because I wanted I it to be say, more dramatic. And this is probably not the nicest way to say it, but there were periods in this movie where it, was, it kind of fe- it felt like, well, Melody wants some kids. So sorry, Nina. Like, <laughs> yeah, it did feel like that. Right? Am I wrong? Like, she's like, oh, you, I feel like maybe, maybe the intention board was like a cursed intention board. She was like, I can't wait to have a family and kids. And like, like a evil spirit with behind the board was like, yeah i don't know there was a weird undertone to that that made me uncomfortable yes yes yeah. i agree yeah, yeah there were there were some weird implications in there that like she got her family <laughs> it, was, it was all about her nothing about yeah. nina yeah i mean it was it was a cute it was a cute little christmas movie and i thought the 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 little girls who played holly and ivy were really cute they did a good job, and I, I thought the interaction between uh, Melody and Adam and the girls were were sweet. And I think I thought it was a, a nice uh, story about people helping each other out and um, you know being there for each other, even if it was hard, even if it was like, oh, I'm taking on the uh, responsibility of <laughs> uh, being a mother to these two young girls. Uh, what am I going to do about that? Um, so there are parts of it that I really liked that. Uh, showcase something good about helping other people and so that that's kind of what i came away with even if there were some moments of it that i was like oh <laughs> yeah i liked i liked the uh the theme running through that melody had a hard time accepting help from other people and at the end even though she you know gets into the house and does her own handiwork too um she does finally accept the help of like her friends and, and her neighbors and things like that. I, I thought that that was a nice, um, she, a nice message. She had her own elves. I thought that was a she nice. She had her own elves. <laughs> I liked that. I also liked the, um, I also liked kind of how they, they set up the, the characters having these, like these dreams. And I've seen a lot of these kind of like Hallmark original, like Christmas movies where like, the character's like, that's it. I'm going to go off and I'm going to make my own uh, library. <laughs> or like, I'm going to, you know, I'll I'll make my own furniture and I'll just sell it on the side of the road. Who needs money or a place to live? <laughs> and you're just like, wait, but how, like, how does that, I, I'm sorry, this is just me, but how does that logistically work out for you in the long term? <laughs> you, you have a nest egg, do you have savings yeah. to, to pursue the stream? And I liked the weird, like, um, practical line through this movie, which is like, yes, you can have dreams and you don't have to give them up, but sometimes you do have to work a day job so that you can pay, you know, to, you know, to upgrade your house and to pay for things and to like support yourself. And that doesn't mean you gave up on your dream. It just kind of means you might have to work a little longer to like full-time pursue it. And like both of the characters kind of have that struggle of, you know, how much do I pursue, you know, work that pays me and how much do I pursue my passion project? And usually in these Hallmark movies (laughs) or these Lifetime movies or whatever it is, uh, the feel good holiday movies, they're like, Never mind the day job. I'm just going to strike out on my own. I'm going to make tiny furniture for elves. And you're like, what's the market for that? I'm always watching these movies going, don't, like sweating. Like, don't do that. Oh, my God. How are you going to pay your rent? Uh, And this is like one of the first movies where they're like, 
okay, I'll have my my mobile book library and that will be the thing that I do. But also I had this job that pays me so I can support two children. Well, and I also liked it that they justified some of the uh, some of those dreams, like Melody has the dream of the book mo- mobile, but it, but it's but it's uh, put in the idea is created because uh, one of uh, Holly's friends, I think her grandmother wanted a book. And so they were like, well, we could just go take it to her. And then she goes over there and the grandmother's like, well, I have all these other friends who can't go out and do something. And so that that at least gave justification why creating a bookmobile in this small little Wisconsin town would be a good idea. <laughs> Cause maybe, maybe, you know, talking about market, you know, are there, is there like a huge demand for books across this town? I guess there is because, uh, you know, the grandmother had people she could uh, tell about the book, the bookmobile. So I, I like that they took that extra step. It wasn't just, I'm going to create that idea and do this thing, even though it doesn't make any sense for this current situation that I'm in. <laughs> Yeah, I like that they show they showed that like she could give back to the community in other ways besides the one way that she had kind of like single-mindedly pursued throughout the whole movie, but she didn't have to like give up her whole dream of being a librarian or like bringing books to people. She could do it in this other way. Um I thought that was really good. I will say there were a couple of comments that they said about ages where I was just like how old do you think 27 is? What do you because, mean? What, what, what were they talking about with the ages? Because I think it's Nina that's like, you shouldn't oh. have to worry about any of this. Like, you oh, know, support. Yeah. It was basically like, you shouldn't have to worry about supporting yourself or like taking a job that you don't want. At, at my age, at your, when I was your age, I, I was, was in Vegas. on the tables at Vegas. And I was like, at 27? <laughs> it's like, honey, honey, look at me. That's, that's not that young. Like <laughs> a lot of people start popping out kids that age. You, like you maybe should have been to be responsible. Yeah, yeah. That's that's maybe college age, like 20, yeah. 20, 21. The, the way that she was talking to her felt more like she was talking to somebody who was like twenty two, like fresh out of college or something like that, and not like like by twenty seven, you are a homeowner now. She bought a house. Yeah, like that was a decision that she made. So like, yeah, sometimes you're gonna have to to get a thing that you want. Sometimes you have to do something that is maybe not as pleasant but that's kind of the trade-off but she was like you shouldn't have to worry about about getting this job that's actually gonna pay you you should just wander around dancing on tables throwing out books i was like that's melody that's terrible advice (laughs) and it's not like melody had to go work some job that she didn't like doing her solution was well i'm gonna get this job to be uh doing some stuff with the digital library space and i was like yeah that's a great idea you can still adjacent to your interests yeah it's not like you had to go into some other field and hate your job you could at least still do something that's related to your your what your field and what you want to (laughs) do it's just it's going to be a job that pays you instead of uh volunteering at patricia's library where she can't where Patricia does not want you. <laughs> I can't wait for the spinoff. It's just like Melody versus Patricia Library Wars. <laughs> I would watch that. Um, so I guess uh, we we talked a little bit about the story. So what did you think about their performances in here? Did did you did you like seeing Jeremy Jordan in something uh, other than just uh, being win shot on Supergirl? I did like seeing Jeremy Jordan. I don't actually. 
I'm trying to think. I feel like I might have seen him in one or two like other things before, but not much. I haven't seen Jeremy Jordan in much. And and so I liked seeing him do a different part besides Win. He's not he's got the kind of like funny self-effacing charm just like Win, but it's not to like the intense kind of like nerdy nervous energy aspect of win he's like he's more of a charmer here he's like let me show you the hot chocolate and like (laughs) oh win win's got moves it's that one move and it's because they pay him to do it but (laughs) it's because he's getting kickbacks from that uh from that coffee shop but uh but yeah no i i liked him in this in this uh in this episode episode in this movie and I thought that he was like you know the right amount of conflicted when they had their like you know third act argument as all Hallmark movies must have any romantic comedy oh no they're gonna break up oh no what's gonna happen (laughs) they're gonna be fine Uh, (laughs) but I thought that the it was like it was he he like kind of pulled that through because when I was watching it, I was like, what is he mad about that? She has to like feed herself and these two small children. (laughs) But I thought that the performance of him being kind of like, you know, I believed in myself because you believed in yourself kind of like that pulled me through. And um, I love, uh, I love Janelle Parrish who was our melody uh, because I watched her on pretty little liars Mm. where she played Mona Vanderwall. Uh, what a name, Vanderwall! Uh, fantastic <laughs> names on Pretty Little Liars. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> um, but she probably had the best name of of all the Pretty Little Liars, and, uh, and her character is very. Uh, very crazy like her character seems like it was one one way and then like turned to another way very devious and like you could never kind of trust her like what's mona up to is she trying to kill you uh so this was a very different flavor for Parish. <laughs> in my experience i was like i kept waiting for her to just like go off and start like you know making like dolls of people <laughs> sticking pins in them but she never went in that direction and i really appreciate it, it was- Close though, she could have used the elves. I mean, with didn't. Patricia, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna get in. Patricia's gonna come into the library one day, and there's just gonna be like a, a note on the desk, and it's gonna be like, "I'm watching you, a," and it's gonna be like, "Pretty little liar starts all over again in that town." But it's just really Melody sending her messages. No, what she should do is get like an elf on the shelf. And then just yes. like put it all around the library with like a menacing look to it. <laughs> there was like a lot of uh there was like a lot of weird dollhouse content mm-hmm. in Pretty oh, Little yeah. Liars. Uh-huh. Okay. So the elves would have just fit right mm-hmm. in. All right. Um I'm I'm working ways of like getting Melody into the Pretty Little Liars extended universe. <laughs> so there's some maybe there's some pretty little liars uh, uh, chatting in the live chat. Oh, uh, Nicole asked, "Can we add a pretty little liar watch <laughs> podcast to the Morgan podcast? Uh, I mean, Morgan Brennan podcast universe. I would love nothing more. There's a there's a bird in Pretty Little Liars that they feed chicken to. Oh, like they feed chicken to a bird. That's cannibalism. That's it's a it's a wild show, Rebecca. <laughs> if I." If... <laughs> If I if I've never recommended this one to you in particular, <laughs> no. I feel like you would you would truly love it because it starts out sort of normal, kind of cheesy ABC family, and then at some point just goes unhinged. <laughs> and they're also they're also in high school for three hundred years, and like the show makes no attempt at like whatever. They're thirty; they're still in high school. Get over it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then eventually they time jump, but of course, because they've time jumped, spoiler alert, but they're also, they're all like very, very successful hmm. as you do. It's like, it's like two years later and she's, she's like, I'm a high powered attorney. It's like, how? <laughs> she's like, I've got my own fashion line. You're like, no, you don't. What? <laughs> It's a great show. Okay. Well, maybe I'll put that on my to watch list at some point. That does sound, I mean, what was her name? Vander, uh, Vanderwall? Mona Vanderwall. <laughs> I cannot, Mona Vander. It's, it's a chef's kiss of a name. Her, her performance in that show is legit magic. She's very good. She's very good at playing like very devious you uh yes you would love mona because you really never know what's going on with mona she'll say something to you really nice and you're like is she trying to kill that character or does she like that character i cannot <laughs> get a read on it and so i was this was like the first time i've seen uh janelle parish play like straightforward uh just like just kind of like a like a good character with like with no alternative like <laughs> plans and plots <laughs> in the background i mean maybe she's i i think she's plotting to take out patricia i think patricia <laughs> should sleep with one eye open but <laughs> but uh I, th I thought she did a great job yeah i thought all the actors did a did a good job and i i haven't seen jeremy jordan in a ton of things i want to say i've seen uh performances uh of, like musical performances of the newsy stuff i want to say uh, i i don't know maybe i've mixed that up with somebody else in that role but i want to say that i've seen like clips of him in little different places but never like in a, a complete um film or tv show like this so i it, it was nice to see jeremy jordan again i really like him as an actor i think he does a good job and i, I thought he was really he he was a, he was a sweet character and a good guy in this in this movie and i thought he played well against uh, Mona Vanderwall and, <laughs> and the little kids. And I, I liked there was there was one moment there at the end when they go snow, uh, snow sledding where he has kind of I think it's in that scene where he has a little bit of a no, they're at the house fixing up the house for Melody and uh, Adam and Nina have a little moment where they talk about, you know, um, uh, that I guess Adam's parents like raised him right. And he says something about how Nina, he sort of implies that Nina raised Holly and Ivy well. And so I, I thought there were really good moments for, for Adam that were really subtle. So um, I thought all the performances uh, were good. Even, even Adam's parents, I, I didn't know who those two actors oh, yeah, were, yeah. but I, th I thought they did a pretty good job. And uh, I liked the, the drama between Adam and his father. It wasn't, it, it they probably probably didn't take that to the full extent of what that could have been, <laughs> but uh, but I, I thought even those scenes where he's interacting with people even outside of the whole Holly and Ivy Melody uh, storyline, I, I thought they they gave him something as his own character, which I thought was good. Yeah, it took me. A, it also took me a while to like nail down where I knew Nina from. It was really bothering me, really like a lot throughout about half of the movie and then i finally imdb'd it like a normal person and i knew <laughs> i was like why am i just letting this i have a smartphone uh so i knew her i know her from riverdale oh where she is um veronica's mother so twist so she's also a lot more wholesome on this show too <laughs> oh so that's that's really interesting that maybe these uh some of these actresses uh ha have a lot of range 
I, I like that, like the WB ABC family, I, I don't know, Freeform, the WB Freeform family has like went off and made a movie. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> is your show really dramatic too? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty good cast. So I will give it that. Um, before we wrap up with our uh, overall thoughts about Holly and Ivy, we did have a request to do um, a little, uh, maybe maybe not Lena Luther boardroom because Lena's not in this because <laughs> this isn't buttons. Um, no. But uh, maybe we should do some boardroom or ballroom about uh, Adam's uh, sweater in this movie. And now, Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. So we did have a challenge put forth to us uh, to talk about which of uh, the sweaters from Jeremy Jordan were better. The one uh, from Supergirl, where he played when shot, uh, wearing a Christmas sweater uh, with reindeer versus Adam's uh, really nice white uh, sweater from Holly and Ivy. Uh, Morgan, uh, which one would you pick? Well, these are both great sweaters. Let me start out by saying great contenders. Uh, every, I love everyone in this room. Um, the cable <laughs> knit, the white cable knit is uh, is really great. It like, just looks great on him. He looks like he's kind of like in a Gap commercial. He does a that's, little bit, yeah. Yeah, that's sort of the vibe I, I get from him. He's a, he's that's not just a bad like, thing, though. It's a good thing. Uh, those Gap commercials, they they seem cozy. Like those people <laughs> seem happy. If he if he jumped over, like leapfrogged over another person in that sweater, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I would I would think that that makes perfect sense. Um, the the but the Supergirl sweater has it's just more seasonal. Yeah, it's just more seasonal. It's just it's got the reindeer on it. It's got the red and the green. It's just a great look. Like I. I like I like a good like themed seasonal sweater. Like a good chunky sweater is a classic. But there's like a really short period of time where you can go out in something that's got like two reindeer jumping at each other <laughs> and uh you know two reindeer like uh facing off in a sort of a Batman v Superman battle to the death and <laughs> <laughs> and that's really like a there's like a pretty small window between November and the end of December when you can when you can rock that thing and and you have that but you have that sweater all year long you're just waiting for it you're waiting for that period of time <laughs> so I'm gonna give it to the Supergirl sweater because because that's a great holiday sweater yeah I guess if we're going like which one is the better Christmas sweater it would definitely be the one from Supergirl because it is themed it does have the reindeer it does have the Christmas colors and uh, I do think that's more festive. But if I'm talking about which one I like better, I think the one from Holly and Ivy is better. It fits him better. It it uh, looks good. It, it goes well, I think, with his, I don't know, would you call those burgundy, like, jeans, I guess? Or yeah, the, I guess. Or maybe, like, a brown? Yeah. I don't know. Like, he he looks good. Like, I think that whole that whole look for him is great. So, I think if It's I, a good look. Like, you put a Pete, like, on, like, a nice, like, coat over that look. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my, oh God. my God, sir. <laughs> yes. Take me to the hot chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> That is then he's serving you looks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you put a peacoat and maybe like a nice scarf, um, oh. yes, perfect. Um, so I think if I'm going for like overall look, like which one looks better, which one makes him look better, I would say the white sweater. But if we're if we're going for like which one is the better Christmas sweater, 
I would definitely give it uh, the one from uh, Supergirl. So that's that's kind of a tough, uh, you know, a tough, a tough judgment one. there because it just kind of depends on what you're going for, I think. Uh, so uh, thank you for going uh, through those those looks with me. Uh, so even if we didn't have uh, Lena Luther in buttons, we did have uh, <laughs> we did have Jeremy Jordan and Wendy. We, we almost did, but in <laughs> Holly and Ivy. So uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed the Christmas sweater discussion. And this has been Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Okay, Morgan. So what are your overall thoughts about Holly and Ivy? Would you recommend it to the listeners and the viewers of Supergirl Radio? You know what? I went in, I'm going to be honest, being a little judgmental. I was like, it's going to be a cheesy Hallmark movie. It's going to be kind of like, uh, what, what was the one that we watched last year? Uh, a Princess for Christmas. Christmas. Uh, Christmas, a princess. Christmas at Castleberry Hall, A Princess for Christmas, A Christmas <laughs> Princess. It's, you know, it's your mileage may vary on the title. <laughs> I thought it was going to be kind of like a Christmas princess for Christmas at a castle, <laughs> um, which fine film, lovely film, love that <laughs> film. A little, a little cheesy, a little cheesy. Um, no one in this movie rapped. Um, no, they did no dance. Was, they did dance, but there was never any rapping. And for that alone, <laughs> I thank them. Uh, no, I think uh, I, I came into it thinking, oh, this is just going to be kind of a cheesy movie. And I it was it was exactly that. Uh -huh. But it was more enjoyable, I think, than I thought it was going to be. I think like the writing was pretty good. The story was pretty good. The, I, I never got bored. I enjoyed it the whole way through. The, the performances were good. Like, I think they did good casting on it. I think everybody was really strong in it. And it was just like a fun way to spend like an hour and a half. Uh, I, I was fine. I would recommend it to the listeners. I think if you're looking for a, I don't know if I would call it a feel good holiday movie. Someone does die and there are multiple orphans in this movie. <laughs> I don't know if there would have been orphans in buttons, but uh, there were in this one. And uh, so, you know, it depends. Your mileage may vary on on uh, Holly and Ivy. But I think it's it's a I, again, I want to say it's a fun Christmas movie. But against that lady dies. Um, <laughs> it is a enjoyable Christmas movie. It is kind of sad if you think about it too long, but the movie doesn't want to really get No, the, into the movie all that. doesn't want you to think about it too long. The movie certainly doesn't want you to think about it. And so I I suggest that you do what the movie says and you just don't <laughs> think about it. You watch it, you don't think about it. You see Jeremy Jordan in that cable net, you see Mona Vanderwall being being a librarian and you just enjoy it for what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would actually recommend it too. I I thought it was a good uh somewhat feel good Christmas movie and that it had uh you know it had a, a good story with good characters even though I thought it was kind of a ripoff of uh, another movie I've seen before uh it's probably kind of a trope you know this uh, I mean this, the sound of music is is uh maybe one of the original one of the OGs for this kind of trope <laughs> <laughs> so and I love the sound of music so I'm not opposed to the trope um but it did seem a little little similar <laughs> to stepmom in some ways but I, I thought it was a good little movie. I thought it was um, to your point where, you know, you kind of just watch it and go with it. And it it's pretty well paced. I mean, right there at the beginning, the editing was like, cut, 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 cut. And I was like, oh, well, we're just going to get right into this. OK, they're we're not, just moving right along. <laughs> they're not messing around. OK, um, so uh, so I thought it was paced well and the acting was good and the characters were at least 
likable uh, to the extent that I, I somewhat cared about them. So I thought that was, <laughs> that was good. So I uh, definitely recommend Holly and Ivy if you're looking for uh, a Christmas movie to just uh, enjoy, you know, uh, with your ugly Christmas sweater on in front of the fire drinking hot chocolate. I mean, that's that's a great way <laughs> to watch this movie. A classic. And may I say that that um, I keep wanting to call her Mona. It's Melody. It's not Mona. <laughs> but she will forever be Mona to me. Uh, Melody's, uh, uh, I think it was like her yellow jacket. I loved that thing. It was, it was bright. It was colorful. But it went with every outfit. <laughs> Where did you get that, Melody? She, she me. might have had to uh, use it a lot. Uh, based on the fact that she had no job, no prospects. No, she just had that one jacket. She was, but she picked a stylish one. See, when you get good basics, mm -hmm. you can really mm -hmm. match them in. You yeah. can you can wear them to the hardware store when you get one single doorknob, or you, <laughs> or you can wear it to go sledding uh, on your boyfriend's handmade sled. It really <laughs> it's a kind of day to night ensemble. <laughs> yeah, so good advice, uh, good fashion advice here on Supergirl Radio. Okay, well, I guess uh, we do have some snap judgments if you want to yep. uh, to make some. So always, let's get into it. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended, and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, so before we wrap up our feedback, we're going to make some... Oh, well, so I'm sorry. I put feedback in there. We don't have any feedback. Oh, my gosh. We don't um, have any feedback. And I'm, I just read I'm not, it. I'm not used to not having any feedback. And I just, <laughs> I just yelled at the chat. Give me feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let's try that again. I'm going to replace feedback with another word so that Ooh. it makes more sense. Sure. Before we wrap up our episode, we need to make some Holly and Ivy related snap judgments. Okay. So would you rather build a gingerbread house or, or a sled ornament? Which do you want to build a sled ornament or a gingerbread house? I'm going gingerbread house. Cause at least even if your house falls apart, like mine did last time I did a gingerbread house, <laughs> at least you get to eat candy. Yes. And, and maybe the, you know, the gingerbread house, if it's <laughs> falling apart and doesn't stand out, at least you get to eat something while you're doing it. Yeah, I don't think my sled is going to have like structural integrity. <laughs> um, I don't care if, how how big you are. If, I don't think the elf is getting down any hill on that sled. <laughs> so I'm going to go gingerbread house as well, because again, even if it falls apart, you have delicious gingerbread. Yeah. Uh, also, I've watched a lot of Great British Bake Off. I think we all know that I've watched a lot of Great British Bake Off. <laughs> really? Is that so, a show you're into? It's a I show never kind guessed. of. No, I never talk about it on the podcast. So I try to keep that kind of try to keep that part of my life separate. It's, it's incredibly private. But <laughs> but I feel like having watched enough Great British Bake Off, um, but not having practiced much baking myself, mm. I could maybe like channel the spirit of William. Mm. Um and or his definitely real girlfriend in Canada. And I could make a great gingerbread structure. Like they they always like come at it really like scientifically, like engineering. Like they're like, oh, I'm going to put this section of the house in this section of the house. And it's like, I'm not going to do that. But I think I've got enough gumption that like something's going to come out of that baking experience. Now I kind of wish we had gotten to see the Super Friends build a gingerbread house i know missed opportunity there would have been uh science and engineering that would have i guess happened uh, with lena and brainy 
Um, and maybe Kara could have, you know, used her heat vision for something related to the house. Uh, so I think uh, that that's that really is a missed opportunity in terms of a Christmas episode. They really, really could have done something. You're so close. Um, so okay. Close. Would you rather read Trixie Belden and the Secret Mansion? And, and oh, sorry, Trixie Belden, Belden and the Secret of the Mansion, <laughs> or, or any of the Ron? Uh, uh, was it Ronald Doll? Ronald Doll. That's I, I, I mentally put an N in his name. And well, it uh, sort of looks like Ronald. It looks like Ronald. So I thought it was or any of the Roald Dahl books. Yeah, I, I read uh, a, a good bit of Roald Dahl when I was younger. I don't know anything about Trixie Belden. I do. I do like a mystery it, book. I thought it was fictional. Like, no, I, I, thought I, think they, I think they're real books. I found, well, you, I found them on Amazon. As I say, you linked an Amazon. Uh, so unless they went like really hard on this original movie. And publish some tie-in books. I think they are real. Yeah, no, I, I don't think these are tie-ins specifically for this movie. I think they're Could just you imagine real books. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it, mm, it's tough because I like the idea of a mystery, like a mystery story. But I also like Roald Dahl's books, so maybe I'll pick the Roald Dahl books just because I need to finish like more of his series. Like I read James and the Giant Peach when I was a kid and that kind of stuff. So I think I would probably, I'd probably get more inspiration. That Roald Dahl was very inspirational. That she she quoted uh, one of his uh, one of his quotes. So I think I would get more meaning and um, uh, uh, encouragement out of a Roald Dahl book. I mean, Roald Dahl has some some really good titles. Uh, he's got. James and the Giant Peach, Fantastic Mr. Fox, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which is obviously a classic. 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 So, I mean, I feel like I'm going to go with Roald Dahl, too, even though I do love the idea of these, like, mystery books because they kind of, like, remind me of, like, the Nancy Drew yeah. mystery books. But you know what? I still get Nancy Drew, and I don't know who this Trixie is. So I'm going with <laughs> I don't know this Trixie. Trixie honestly. seems like so, a just like a like a ripoff of Nancy Drew. She's like a exactly. Nancy Drew wannabe. She's like a lesser Nancy Drew. So I'm gonna go with Roald Dahl. Why why read a Trixie Belden mystery when you could just read Nancy Drew is right there? Why don't you just, just go ahead and read the Nancy Drew? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh our last snap judgment is would you drive a Jeep Wagoneer or the book elf van? Well, it depends, I guess, on what we're doing with the vehicle. Are we just sure. like, are we just driving around town? I, I guess so. Because if we're just driving around town, I'm going to pick the Jeep Wagoneer. Because if you're just driving around the Book Elf van, it's going to look a little weird. <laughs> so <laughs> you just stop next to somebody, like walking on the street, open that back door. That's would not you creepy like a, at all. Would you, excuse me, ma'am. Would you like Ex a book? Excuse me, little <laughs> kid. Would you like a book? It's not creepy at all. Excuse me. Have you read about Trixie? <laughs> <laughs> this is how we, we get arrested. I think the Jeep Wagoneer, <laughs> Jeep Wagoneer is the safest option. <laughs> That's the only thing I didn't like about Adam's parents uh, donating that van. I was like, I get why you would give her the van because it's big. But also, it's super creepy. <laughs> Give her some kind of other vehicle where she could she could put the books in. That's she just, really weird. She's just like driving up on neighborhood children in her van. <laughs> I've got 
come on in. I've got books inside. <laughs> no, don't go in that van. Don't go in that van. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with the Jeep, Jeep Wagoneer, too, because that thing had some sweet wood paneling on the yeah. side. Yeah. You can't really, I mean, you can't really put a lot of books in there, though. That would look like a mess. <laughs> no, no, not for books. It's not the right choice for books, but for just like cruising along, yeah. looking like you're you're riding around in like a hunting lodge. That's <laughs> that's, that's the best the, that's the way to go. Yeah, definitely. We, so uh, we do have a we, snap in the chat. Nice. You're, I, you get that because oh, oh, I was gonna. I was oh, just okay. about to do that too. Well, you you do it. You do it. Okay. Uh, so we have a snap judgment from uh, Tiana who says, "Going back to season one, who would you rather have in a Hallmark movie, uh, Kara and Wynn or Kara and James?" I always thought Kara and Wynn was a little bit of a missed opportunity because they kind of like maybe kind of hinted at it a little bit and then they just dropped it and then they went with Cara and James and then they dropped that. So I don't know. <laughs> I think I would have been interested in seeing Cara and when explored, at least with Cara and James in season one. Like I've seen that, but I haven't really seen Cara and when play out. Yeah. You know what? I was going to go Cara and James because I guess I'm still kind of like, please, why didn't they just give me one more episode? Just to <laughs> just feel do, like I didn't do it for one episode invested a whole maybe that that could have been like the season one it was like listen i know that they broke up right away but really they they had this whole christmas adventure before they broke <laughs> oh, up oh that's true that's true so i'm gonna go car and james because then i can feel like i invested a lot of time in season one they built it up they had this christmas adventure this romantic christmas adventure and then they just decided that they were better off as friends after the romance like i would have paid it off just a little bit more than they did on the show you would have so. a little bit of closure you think just some closure <laughs> all right well that's a good choice well unfortunately we don't get to see any of those but that's a no. good idea uh, maybe in the future we'll get something like that if, they, <laughs> if Jeremy Jordan uh, gets uh, some of his Supergirl friends to be in some Hallmark movies in the future. No judgments on your snap judgments. Okay, and that is going to do it for our review of Holly and Ivy, the Christmas uh, movie starring Jeremy Jordan that uh, we watched and discussed here. And I think we need to also get to some Supergirl radio and some DC TV plugs uh, just in case uh, you're joining us for the first time and you don't know how to keep in touch with us. If you're just here for the Jeremy Jordan uh, movie review, <laughs> Uh, so we are going to uh, let you know how you can keep in touch. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a T Public store, so if you are in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the T Public store link 
at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network, so if you also like The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, Titans, Doom Patrol, Batwoman, Stargirl, Superman and Lois, and the upcoming Green Lantern, Justice League Dark, and Strange Adventure shows, and DC TV After Dark. You can subscribe to the DC TV Podcast Mega Feed on Apple Podcasts. Follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter, and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook, or else. This has been a message from Hope, inhabiting the Flash Vessel, also known as New Rachel. Since we discussed a Jeremy Jordan Christmas movie and his Supergirl character, Windshot, became a Legionnaire, we have Legion of Superheroes merch. Yeah, so if you are looking for some uh, hoodies, mugs, t-shirts, we've got some Legion of Superheroes stuff in the DC TV Podcast T Public Store, so please check that out. If you have a Legion, if you have a Legionnaire in uh, in your family or your friends with a Legionnaire and, and they need some stuff, uh, get them something maybe for Christmas. They would enjoy that. All right. And we also would like to thank our Legion of Super Sponsors for supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon. Uh, these people are Michael, Sam, Anne-Maria, Yvonne, Quinn, Jessica, Nicola, uh, Leslie, Abby Irmgard, Miriam, Cherie, Donna, Nicole, Lizeth, and Faith. If you would like to become a Legion of a Super Sponsor like those great people, you can go to patreon.com slash supergirlradio. We have four uh, tiers of monthly memberships, and we appreciate you helping us to keep the lights on. It's uh, something that helps us out and uh, helps us um, continue doing what we're doing. So you can you can get the, the regular free Supergirl Radio once a week. But if you want some, you know, behind the scenes extra Supergirl Radio, uh, you can uh, join the uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash Supergirl Radio. And we're going to be talking about a different a different kind of Christmas movie tonight for the Patreon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if I can tease that. Yes. Uh, I thought maybe I had uh, something in here. Uh, let's see. We're going to be talking about maybe uh, a penguin and a hmm. cat woman and, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, m- maybe a maybe a Batman in there somewhere. So we are going to be uh, doing our quarterly review, the last one of 2021. Um, so if you are uh, a Patreon uh, subscriber uh, or, or a Patreon supporter, not a, you don't subscribe to a Patreon. You, don't you, su- you, 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 you support the Patreon um, and you do get the uh, quarterly reviews. We will be doing that uh, right after this live stream. So we're going to be talking about uh, a movie that... Um, uh, terrified Morgan as a child. Uh, it sure did. <laughs> so. I, uh, it, it's it, this was more of a like a face your fears kind of situation <laughs> for me. For me, I didn't. Uh, I didn't bail out at any point of this movie. Oh, unlike uh, unlike little Morgan who started crying and forced her parents to make them leave the theater in the original <laughs> t- the original movie. <laughs> So, so I hate to I hate to bring up uh, childhood trauma because if somebody made me revisit ET, I would be very upset about it. So, <laughs> so I understand how that is. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to be doing that for our last uh, quarterly review of the twenty twenty one. And you can find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. 
And I'm also on the social media platform, uh, Vero at Derby Kid. If you don't know Vero, you should check it out. It's a great way to share the things that you're watching and listening to. And uh, you can see uh, if you if you, if you follow me at Derby Kid, you can see what uh, TV shows I'm watching or movies. You can see that I, I recently watched Holly and Ivy. Um, so that's a cool way to share <laughs> the things that you're into and uh, get to see what other people are watching and get recommendations for things. Uh, you can also subscribe to my personal YouTube channel, youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. I am still uh, reading through the top critics' reviews of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Uh, I scheduled the next, I think, five of them. So I'm going to try to be consistent in January. Every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, we're going to read through a review uh, of Batman v Superman's top critics from Rotten Tomatoes. So uh, that has been a real journey and it's going to be a long journey. So if you want to come hang out with me uh, live and join the conversation, please do. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. You can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. So we don't have anything uh, going on because the hiatus is happening right now. The very short Legends of Tomorrow hiatus. They're really committed to not giving us any hiatuses right now. And that's fun for us because <laughs> uh, we don't get to do any any kind of like bonus or special episodes basically because we don't have time <laughs> however we did just revamp our patreon um our levels because we were like let's take a look and let's try to make these levels a little bit more fun so uh, our ten dollar level now allows you to have a uh, a special exclusive uh sneak peek into the episode before it it drops because we're gonna allow our patreon supporters at that level to join us on the live stream kind of nice. like we're doing here at supergirl radio i it's probably not gonna be faces because we uh we record pretty late and nobody is uh ready for that at about 10 so <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of voices but you'll be on here you could be on live if you're a patreon supporter and you could chat with us and we will interact with you um and then our fifth our new 15 dollar level um we are going to allow you to uh to promote whatever you want to promote you just send us your text and we'll read it on the podcast nice so that's pretty fun if you got a you know a podcast your of your own that you want to promote or if you've got like a game or some creative project that uh you want to plug you can plug away at that level so we uh we redid the the patreon levels a little bit to make them a little bit more accessible a little bit more fun uh, we just jazzed it up for 2022, <laughs> and uh, and then speaking of the of the Patreon, we have a very special Patreon episode dropping sometime this week, which is um we we did it again to poor Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> we we cannot leave her or her liver alone, and so we made her watch another episode again. Sarah has never watched Legends, and she only she only knows about it through a haze of alcohol. So we, <laughs> We did another drinking game, made her watch an episode of Legends without context and recorded her reactions to it. Uh, this time we did uh, the Bebo episode, the first Bebo episode, not the special this year. Mm. We are not cruel. Are <laughs> yeah, I was listening to the podcast. I didn't watch the, the Bebo Christmas special, <laughs> but uh, but it did not seem like it was a big hit uh, for was... the legendary ladies. <laughs> Not for us, it wasn't. It was tough for us. Uh, so we didn't make her watch that one, but we did make her watch a good Bebo episode, which is the first one. And we got to kind of go back in time to season three, which was somehow in 2017, which was a scary <laughs> moment of realization for all of us. We were like, 
no, that doesn't feel like it was that long ago. <laughs> uh, that was brutal. So we'll be uh, we'll be releasing that sometime this week for our Patreon supporters as our quarterly exclusive bonus episode. So if you are thinking about being a Patreon episode and you're like, maybe Sarah should have suffered for something. <laughs> now's the time to subscribe <laughs> so so just just for clarification if i was going to up my my patreon uh supporting a level mm-hmm. um could could i could i write what i want to promote on the podcast like i could write it in my words and you would have to read it you, out that way you, it would not you get would edited. have to well, so we do reserve the right to edit it, <laughs> okay. uh, but that's only just to make sure that something is not like inappropriate. Like okay. we're just not going to read anything inappropriate. I mean, but I was definitely going to make it inappropriate, but if it's funny, that's good. To probably know. we'll leave it. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> we don't want it to be offensive. But if it is funny, we'll probably read it. We we have a pretty low barometer of like what we find. I mean, a pretty high barometer of like what we would. <laughs> what we wouldn't read we're we're pretty we're pretty lax about it so okay and is there like a word limit did you say i you know what we should probably nail that down like i would say i can't like submit like a thousand words about the thing that i'm (laughs) promoting no we're not gonna read your self-published novel We're not going to read your manifesto of any kind. <laughs> You're going to want to make it short. Imagine, <laughs> imagine it's like a TV, like a like a radio spot, uh, or like a Supergirl like, episode description. Yes, or a super. Be like Veronica. <laughs> That's how I would pitch it. You are the Veronica of your own life. Uh, take the reins and and put something in there that doesn't make sense right at the end. <laughs> Okay, I will consider this. It's good. It's good to know. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. It's a dangerous I... new level we've just unveiled. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Sounds exciting. Okay, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And this holiday season, look for ways to help where help is needed. McGurk! I love not typing. Not with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you <laughs> like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? Of she looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio.